They are going to be in Second Peter chapter number three. And I know we're not going to work through the whole chapter tonight, but builds up on some things that we said this morning, builds up also on some things that were mentioned in the men's Sunday school tonight. <clears throat> and I think I did, I did mark it maybe somewhere here. Yeah, I did. All right. Second Peter chapter number three. Uh, we've been kind of going through this. Uh, we did take a pause mm, Sunday night or so ago, but we've been going through ever since uh, for, for quite a while now. Brother uh, Chris had come to me back some time ago about going through the pastoral epistles, and we just started going forth. We didn't go. We skipped over Hebrews, but here we are in Second Peter. And then uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us after this. Um, so, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Sentence continues. That ye, might be, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Sentence continues. So if you've got the Schofield Bible, he's got a note in between these verses. Just jump over the note, read to the sentence. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Period. (laughs) For this, they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, we are, or be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, dear God, that there is a record book. And, uh, Lord, my name is written there. I thank you, Lord, for that, for passing by my way and and, uh, putting my name there the day that I was born again. I appreciate that song and thank you, Lord, for the truths therein. Pray and ask that you will uh, bless in tonight's service, guide us and direct us in the word, and be with um, Jesse, help him to get on home. I pray for Philip and Evelyn as they travel tomorrow, and Joe, <coughs> Sarah, and Joy and Abby and their families as they travel later on in the week, that you watch over, give traveling mercies and grace to them, Amen. continue to bless our fellowship time with our families. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen.
All right, so just some things as I, uh, sometimes things come in alliteration, sometimes they don't, but today they did. So some things here we'll look at here, but um, the uh, one thing, it's interesting to me, uh, of course, you know, as we, we, when we do our studies uh, here, we, like was mentioned this morning, uh, people want to build whole doctrines out of a verse they need to you know and they get off when they take them out of context i appreciate what was said there and we stress putting it in the context of the scripture rightly dividing the word of truth and and trying to get uh our doctrine right according to the scriptures and um i forget some one of the Brethren of times gone past, I think uh, in a in a commentary or somebody said, you know, there's a little heresy in all of us. <laughs> Probably just something where we get off a little bit, don't understand, fail to rightly divide it, and maybe just like I was reading, like uh, in Hebrews 13 there, and and had had preached it the one way all the time, as you are the ones that are standing to count, but then I just you know read it and and got light that it's me that's got to stand the count. So, um, but that's unprofitable or profitable for you, but I'm going to be the one standing the count for you. And um, so anyway, so things like that, but putting it into context, reading in, and that's why I point out reading the sentences, because so many times people, if one verse out of a sentence, and the sentence is six verses long, and they'll, They'll just go to seed, like was mentioned this morning on that, and, um, and then that's where error comes into. But anyway, Peter here, uh, writing um, again uh, to those, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, and I pointed out at the beginning of this study that Peter identified himself differently, um, like he also had grown in some grace and some knowledge. He, even, even him being uh, the apostle that he was, uh, whereas in 1 Peter, uh, he identified himself simply as um, Peter, an apostle. There we go. Peter, an apostle. This time he says Simon Peter, so he used his old name, he used his earthly, I mean his before Christ name, uh, so he kind of remembered where Christ had bought him from and identifying in that way. Uh, he also used the word servant and an apostle, so again, um, he might have grown some and sought some things a little bit different in his life, uh, seeing that uh, that's where, you know, if in our servitude, if we could just be found faithful in that. But I said all that to say this. It's funny to me how that we're now in the, the third chapter of this letter, or probably not no, not any chapters back in the day, but we're this far enough into the letter, and he talks about this second epistle, beloved, which I now write, which I write unto you. And I'm thinking, you done wrote two chapters, Peter, and you're now just writing. But, uh, but I didn't quite, so I've seen that. But here's the reason 
that he wrote, and he's, he's reiterating this, reiterating this, to stir you up. In both which I stir uh, up your pure minds by way of remembrance, <clears throat> that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Now, they didn't have the New Testament at first, they just had the prophets, which we have made reference often here lately for some reason to Emmaus and how that there in Emmaus, I thought that I'd put it uh, here in my, right, I did. In Luke 24, uh, how that, <clears throat> in Luke 24 verse 25, you know the you know the gist of the story. They were questioning some things. They were talking among themselves, and the the Lord began walking with them on that road to Emmaus. Verse number twenty five. He picks up this. Well, let's and verse twenty four. And certain of them, which were no, let's just pick it up in twenty five. Christ talking with them. Then he said unto them, O fools. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know, and Peter, now I know it never mentions by name who these two apostles were or these disciples were. On the road to Emmaus, and I, you know, just like speculation, and somebody was, who was it? I was in a conversation the other day about the two witnesses. Anyway, oh yeah, I know who it was. Anyway, uh, just like the two witnesses, a lot of speculation, but the Bible never names them, and and the Bible never names these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. But the thing was is that Christ said that they were foolish or fools. They were slow of heart to believe all, uh, so old fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken ought not Christ to have suffered. In other words, it was in the book. It's in all the Old Testament writings that Christ had to come and suffer. He was wounded for our transgressions. And it's interesting, in the prophets, that's past tense. <laughs> was wounded. Was wounded before the foundation of the world. <laughs> he was slain. So, but he was wounded for our transgressions, but that's prophetic of the future events. He was wounded for our transgressions. And, 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 and by his stripes we are healed. So he was wounded, the stripes was coming, he was going to have to suffer. In the Old Testament scriptures... And so, so when they realized that it was the Lord and when they seen how that he had expounded himself concerning himself, the scriptures, opened the scriptures uh, and expounded the scriptures, uh, all the scriptures, things concerning himself, it was just like, wow. And then they realized, <laughs> then they realized that it was him. When he broke the bread and blessed it, and he disappeared, and they ran back, and they told the other disciples. And it's very similar here, Paul says, or Peter, I'm sorry, 
says, I'm writing this second epistle to stir your pure minds, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, not only the Old Testament scriptures and what the prophets have said about the Lord, but now what we as the apostles in the New Testament have been writing unto you. Paul's writings, the disciples in the gospel's writings. I'm trying to stir you up, your pure minds, by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful. Now that goes back to that behold. I mean that, that thought this morning, and that's why I said that mindfulness of it. Not just, it's Sunday again, you know, and go through the motions of, okay, you know, Sunday school, church, Sunday school and church. It's Wednesday again, you know, and just the routine of things. You know, be diligent in the observations of the Scripture. Be diligent in your hearing. Be diligent in your reading. Be diligent and search out the Scriptures. Behold, all right? I'm not going to preach that message again, but it, it just transfers right into tonight. Be mindful of the words which were spoken. Back in the Old Testament and now in the New. Be mindful. Give consideration. Examination. You know, some discernment. Not just... And, you know, it thrills me to be in conversation, like I was the other day, um, about the witnesses. <laughs> Even though we don't know, and we'll know when we... You know, we'll understand it better by and by. Probably, you know, we're going to know then. But at the same time, people are in the Word, considering, reading, studying, and seeking out. They're mindful of these things, just like the the soon coming of the Lord. And he kind of deals with this. We're in reserve. (laughs) We're living on a reserved earth, and it's reserved to judgment. It's not going to be by water this next time. It's going to be by fire this next time. And he deals with that. We're going to deal with the scoffers here in a second. But he deals with that here. And and again, look, you, who is he writing to again? He's writing to those, as he puts it, like uh, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So he's, he's talking to saved folks. And he said, don't get lethargic. Philip back there, he was this long. I mean, a teeny tiny infant. He was born September the uh, 21st. I got seven. It takes me a while to get there. Uh, September the 21st. And in early October, then, Island Ford had their... A, a, a camp meeting, their meeting, their big meeting. And in that meeting, he was in the hospital. I mean, he was just weeks old with a double ear infection. And he had trouble with ear infections when he was little. And the only reason we knew that he had an ear infection, because literally weeks old, was that he wasn't nursing. Because to suck, it was causing the pressure on both of his ears. <laughs> he said, forget that mess. That hurts too much. As a, as a week, a few weeks old infant, and then by not nursing, it's not getting the nourishment, and then, you know, he's getting dehydrated, and, he, and then he starts to get lethargic. He wasn't waking up, which caused concern, obviously. 
and well, they took him to the hospital. So during that meeting, she was up at the hospital with him, and I had the rest of them trying to get everybody ready to go to camp meeting. That's another story. That being said, you know, that lethargy just in a catatonic state, basically. And there's a way there's a whole lot of people in Christendom are. They, they're saved. They've obtained like precious faith. But that's, they're just, I'm going to heaven. My name's written down. My name is written down. They're fine, but that's it. They're good to know that they're going to heaven and that, that's as far as they want to go. Kind of like the, two, the, the tribes there in Israel. We'll help, just give us this side of the Jordan. We don't need Canaan land. We're happy with the wilderness. Why? And there's where people are. They don't, they went in and helped conquer. Yeah, we'll help conquer, but can this be our inheritance? They didn't want the milk and honey. They didn't want the grapes of Eskel. They didn't want the upper springs and the nether springs. Why? <laughs> But there's people that's exactly like that in their Christian walk. They're just, you know, happy. It's, I've been told I haven't been there. But it's been in the news recently. Elder, El Dorado, Texas. One of the places where the narrowest point is with the Rio Grande. And how that... Especially, I mean, even for quite some time now, but you could see the difference on each side of the river. One person said, "Our ancestors came seeking God, and the Spanish and you know settlers come or explorers came seeking gold." And you can tell the difference on each side of the river. So here, just looking, you know, if you looked at the river, dividing it up, this country and this country. This city and this city, how that this city is prosperous, and this city is Mexico. <laughs> and just all the, the crime and, the, and so on and so forth. But that's exactly like the Canaan. You just imagine, here's these half-tribes over here, or these tribes that we want the wilderness as our inheritance. Maybe struggle for vegetation for their flock. They said it was good for their flocks. And like Brother Williamson pointed out, they started out feeding cattle and they wound up feeding swine. Anyway, but then over here you've got the, I mean, they carried it between these grapes between staves. The blessings of the promised land. But they said, no, that's good enough for us. This is good enough for us. We don't want all them blessings. We don't want that inheritance. So many times that's right where we are at. We just get calloused. Our minds get calloused. Our spiritual minds get calloused. Our pure minds get unpure. Maybe, maybe like that last chapter that we dealt with Lot. Woo, let's just get on this again. We vexed ourselves like Lot with the things that we've seen and heard down there in them cities. We... We see and hear all kinds of things out here. I, you know, like I said, I seen.
And there's where we're at. I see, not, not that I'm purposely looking for it. I don't think necessarily, I mean, Lot did cast his eyes down on the well-watered plains of, you know, the well-watered plains, and he, moved, he, he, he thought about his flock at the time, his sheep and his herdsmen, but he wound up in the city. And what, the things that he saw in the city on a daily basis, it said right there. And deliver, see, turning, let's back up. Yeah, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly and deliver just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And the parenthetical statement, verse number 8, for that righteous man, he just said he was just, he said he was a righteous man, but here's what happened to him in verse number 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Amen. Just stuff that he's seen day by day. He looked at the plane, he moved to the city, and then the stuff that he's seen on a daily basis just vexed his soul. I have to say that stuff I get vexed with. We, that's why I need to come in here. That's why I need. We need each other, brother, like was just said in the Sunday school. We need help. We need rejuvenation, you know, Sunday and Wednesday, just to, just to get that mess out of our mind. But at the same time, as an individual, as a family, get in the book. Read Peter. Read these things. Read the prophets. Read the apostles. And by doing that, it will stir our pure minds up to get that filth that we gather in like Lot does by the things we see in here. So that we may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandment of, the, of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior, knowing this first. Okay, first of all, I'm stirring you up, but this is the first thing that you need to know about. That there shall come in the last days, we're supposed to be looking, like I pointed out in this morning's message, there shall come in the last days scoffers, Walking after their own lust. Now, in the last chapter, we read there in verse number 1 of chapter 2, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be, future tense, false teachers among you. So we dealt with the false teachers and the false prophets in chapter number 2, and those things, those um, the traits that the false prophets have, and the false teachers have that are the flags that just, you can just see it. If you're discerning. If you're not got a calloused mind, uh, uh, calloused mind. If you're not vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Some things should just stand out. But you got to be discerning. You got to be, you got to have a pure mind and things will be, if you have a pure mind, rewind. 
And it, we can use all kinds of examples here. Some, something that's supposed to, in fact, somebody was picking off a little, I picked off a little, some little white fuzz or something on my suit. Somebody else seen something and picked it off this morning. White on this blue stood out. You know, women that get their white dress, <laughs> they're very cautious of where they sit because they don't want to soil that white dress. White shirts, that's one reason I got my apron back there. Because I have a tendency to dribble on my, <laughs> my ties and my shirts whenever I eat. I can show you stains where I've dribbled on my shirts and my ties. Miss this mouth somehow, some way, I don't know. But, but the purity, when you have something that's pure and white, in fact, I'll, this is perfect. Thank you, Jesus. When I first got out of the Air Force, uh, I was still sitting under Brother Shock and just waiting on the Lord for direction as far as before I moved to Madisonville and got direction. I wound up selling Electrolux vacuum cleaners with 100% commission, learning to live by faith, but the Lord provided. But before that, the very first job that I applied for out of the Air Force was for a glass factory, PP&G. And so we went, they was they were several days of uh, of applications. You actually had to apply at the plant. And when you applied, they gave you a tour of the plant. And one of the things that really stood out to me, one of the jobs that was in the plant, they had a they would run the glass probably as wide as this platform is, because plate glass, and it was just running constant underneath you know, on this on this belt. And then eventually there was a cutter place and so on and so forth. But, but uh, above this, this, this layer of glass, were, there was a platform that went over. And there was a couple of seats. I don't know, several seats, two or three, four maybe seats up there. And you were just, your job was to sit there and look at the glass as it ran through. And they had a white background underneath and, 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 and light and any blemishes in that glass, you had a big long wand with a marker of some sort on it and as it was running through, if you seen that blemish, you just marked it with an X or marked it with a circle so that when they got down, that, didn't find, that, that blemish didn't wind up in the final product. It stood out. Why? Because they had pure white light underneath it, and it cast a shadow. I tell my students in the secular job in my class, one of the parts after an attack are teams that go out, they're given an area of responsibility, and they go out and they check that area for different for damage and all, and they report that in. And I, I say, when you, when you get an assigned area of responsibility, I say, go out with your team prior to the attack. Know your area. And that's, that's the way I put it. I say, know your area like a banker knows a $100 bill. Philip, he, he, he worked in a grocery store for a while. I'm glad you're here. He worked, 
He worked in a grocery store for a while. Some of you might have been working in banking. I know Michaela works in banking. You see these bankers and some of these tailors, and they got to do the, they got to count their their teals, and and you know they got this stack of and, they go, and they're just counting like that. And I'm like, how in the world, you know? And then and they just count. But if if they know the true hundred dollar bill, the pure hundred dollar bill, what it looks like. Even going this fast counting, if there's a counterfeit in there, it's like, whoop, wait a minute, that looked funny. Why did that look funny to them? Because they knew the pure thing. They knew the real thing. Okay, and that, that's what happened. Our pure minds. You know, there's where we got to get to. Our, you know, again, that this, there's a warning here. If we have the pure minds, then the, the false things that come in, that creep in, like in chapter number 2, or these scoffers here, will just stand out. They'll be odd to us. You know, like after an attack, if there's something that wasn't there before the attack, oh, it's going to stand out. You know, you're familiar with your house. People, Lisa got broke in. Her family got broke in two years ago when she was a girl. I got broke my about I got in trouble there, and then uh, my family got broke in too. And there's just some some of you have had that happen too. You walk in, and though it might not be ransacked, there's just something that just kind of is like something is you know, things are out of place just enough that you know that something somebody's been there. The same thing, so. If we, if we get into the scriptures and we, we study the prophets and we study the, the, uh, the apostles when we are here and maybe somebody gets in the pulpit. I mean, they've been right. They spit wide. They carry the King James. They got their suit on and they slip in. Those creeps that try to lead away silly women and they come across with something that just ain't right doctrinally. The only way you know it is if you've got the pure mind, if you know what the pure doctrine is. So if they are a little wrong on it, it's like, ding. It just don't sound right to my ears. Something's off there. You can apply it with visuals. You can apply it with audio. You can apply it with something's just not sounding right. Something's just not looking right. But you've got to be pure to be able to see, the dirtier that mind is, the more of those flags that you're going to miss. And it can happen with just the vexation of the world, which is why we need to be stirred up. But anyway, let's look at the scoffers. Sorry. The scoffers walk. The scoffers walk, knowing this first, that there shall come... In the last days, scoffers walking after their own lust. There's a signal. How they walk. What is their purpose? Where is their motive? Sometimes at first they might slip by you, but they manifest themselves pretty quickly. When it's not for the brethren, Abishai and Joab, if you, you what, the, what Brother 
Tim pointed out there in our Sunday school, look, he said, you go over there and fight that side of the, the, that front, and I'll be over here fighting this front. If you need help, we'll fall in and help you, and if we need help, will you fall in and help us? And, you know, as we, we hear that walk, you'll see, you'll see a difference. You look out for each other. These scoffers, they, they will just walk different. Their motive, you know, just like those false teachers, their motives is wrong. It's going to stand out. They're going to walk a little bit different. They might slip in a little bit, and some and some will be going, wait a minute. He's walking. How does he walk? He's not, he's not walking to help out the brethren. He's not walking to, man, uh, to glorify God. He's not walking to uplift like was pointed out in Romans chapter 15 this morning. He's not walking to prefer you over me. He's walking to consume it from on his own lust. Lustful walk. So after their own lust, that's how they walk. And I got in my notes, he's full of self. They manifest themselves in these things. They're full of self, and they want, it's just about them, their own lust. How, how, how is it going to benefit them? How is it going to further them? So the scoffers walk, and then we see, secondly, the scoffers' words. The scoffers' words, verse number 4, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers slept, or fell asleep, all things continue as, the, uh, as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly, uh, let's just stop right there. So those are the words, they're questioning the promise of his coming. I said, so the first one was they walk after the lust, they're full of self. Secondly, their words is where is the promise of his coming, they're full of scorn. It says they're scorners, or scoffers, I'm sorry, full of scorn. And that's what scoff, scoff, scoffers do. They mock. One that mocks, derides, or reproaches in a language of contempt. A scorner. Scoff to treat with insolent ridicule. And, and that's basically the, the, the tone that would be in their voices. Where is the promise of his coming? Look, I've heard that all my life. You know? And I mean, whether it's the promise of his coming or whether it's whether he come the first time, they're doubtful. And they just, you know, just like the ones around the cross would cast it back in his teeth. Cast it back. In. You said, you know, you saved others, save yourself. Scoffers, scorners. So their walk was different after their lust. Their words are different. They'll tell on themselves. They're full of scorn. And their will, the scoffers' will to be, quote, ignorant of the word of God. And we see that in verse number 5. For this they, here it is, willingly. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world 
that then was being overflowed with water perished. They doubt the worldwide flood. Willfully. Oh, that never, that was a localized flood. No, it wasn't. That's why we can find uh, sea creatures fossilized on the tops of mountains like Everest. How'd that happen? I wonder. Well, water was here. Duh. But they're willingly ignorant. They don't want to believe. So they, they, their will to be ignorant of the word of God. I said, so their walk after their lust are full of self. Their scoffers, their words, scoffers' words, where is the promise of his coming? They're full of scorn. And scoffers will to be ignorant of the word of God, foolish in the scriptures or foolish toward the scriptures. They willfully said that ain't true. That can't be. They question all the, you know, the word of God. The flood, nah. God couldn't you know, destroy the whole world with water. Where's the dinosaurs? If the God, if God, if God, if God. And we see that in textbooks and in society today and in, in public schools today. Teaching our kids. Question. They were still saying the word theory when they mentioned the word evolution. When I was coming up through school, they, they were talking about it, the theory of evolution. And now they just say that's the way it is. I went to the Mammoth Cave uh, on the other side of Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's a national park. We took the Christian school kids there. So we're going through the tour. We're listening to the spiel. Got his little ranger hat on, little badge. Billions, or so many millions of years ago, or see that stalactite or stalagmite, it took all these millions, you know, thousands of years, 10,000 years. Wait a minute, the earth's only 6,000 years old. (laughs) How did it do 10,000 years? Anyway, I, we're going through it. Our kids have heard. We're teaching them creation at school. And so we get to the end of the tour. You know, are there any questions? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm with the Christian school here. And I said, and we teach creation. And I noticed that on your tour... You presented it in the evolution. And I said, since it's a theory, or since it, I said, since evolution is a theory, it can't be proven, could you not give both sides and let people choose? Present it both ways? And then he said, well, he goes, I am a, uh, major in such and such, such and such down here at the Western Kentucky University, Bowling Green. And he said, he go, first he said, he said, well, that's what they teach us to say. That's the script that they give us to say. And then he went on to say, and I am majoring in down here at Western Kentucky University. And he goes, and I believe that. Okay, fine. But now they're teaching it as fact instead of saying theory which can't be proven, 
It's a, a guess. But they have to have more faith in evolution than they do in creation. Scoffers, they're willingly ignorant. You could say, this horse is white. No, it ain't. <laughs> Here, put my glasses on. <laughs> Look, the facts are right in front of you. Sorry, I don't believe it. Willingly ignorant. They don't want to hear it. You can resent it. The truth, truth after truth after truth after truth. Nope. So you can say, here's the, here's the evidence of the worldwide flood. Don't believe it. That's why they fought so much, and it's not. I know Brother Watson's not a fond of it, uh, not a friend of it, but, but they did fight the ark being built up there. Why? Because that lets people kind of see how that it really could have been based on the size of the ark and how they would, could have got all the animals in there. It presents to them something to think about based on the scripture. Where there's so many times, well, couldn't happen that way. Don't believe it. Willingly ignorant. Scoffers. Okay, so here we go. So they're willingly ignorant of the scripture, but specifically here in this text, ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and that the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Sentence continues. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. When you say judgment's coming, when I got to my last point this morning and said, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Surely I come quickly. And I said, you know, he and we could get out there on the street corner and we can preach the second coming of the Lord. He gives us, you know, he said, you look at signs, of, you tell you when you're going to be a, a good day, a fair day, or a not-so-fair day based on what you see of the, the red sky in the morning and the night. The signs that you, you, you are out there saying. And he goes, you seek a sign, but he goes, These are some, there are some signs out there. Amen. Earthquakes in diverse places, wars and rumors of wars. I mean, we can see it. The scriptures, he just said, he just said, stir up your minds, your pure minds by way of remembrance. What are we supposed to remember? We're supposed to remember that the, the holy prophets have so said and the, the apostles, the New Testament, has saying, look, he's coming back. Don't be willingly ignorant. Get, get in here. Stir our minds up. Get it pure. We're going to see, I mean, Later on, and we'll deal with it when we get down in here. How <clears throat> uh, about that fervent heat? Uh, let me see here. Let me see. Where is it at? 
There it is. Verse number 11. Let me just read. Keep on reading. So, so, yeah. So he's reserved this earth that is going to be, he's reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. So he said, knowing this first, and be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. <laughs> How is it going to come? As a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy, in all holy conversation and godliness? Now we can camp right there while I'm not going to tonight, but that we're going to get to there. Obviously we're going through the scriptures. But he starts off with a... Stirring our pure minds up, but knowing about these things to come, again, going back to this morning's message, because it ties right in. Uh, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Surely I come quickly. He's coming. And because he's coming, because he's coming and we are to behold, we're to look into those things, we're to observe those things, we're to observe with care, examine those things, those truths. Verse number 10, 11 right there says, If you know these things, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Pure mind, holy conversation, and godliness. Look, Brother Glenn has said, and he's told, said of other preachers, men that he's known. We're not going to be facing the great white throne judgment if you're a believer, but we will be facing the judgment seat of Christ. And if we know that this is coming our way, how much more ought we to live holy in our conversation and Godliness. Because, again, how we live here is what we're going to be judged on there. Our works. Because if, if we, you know, you think of Lot. He was just, he was righteous, but is he going to be standing in some ashes? Probably. I'll probably be standing in some ashes too. There are going to be some things burnt up. There's one, there's a song on WSOF, don't be left standing in the ashes. And it goes back to this right here. Look, you know these things are coming. So, you know, the preacher gets up and he preaches along the lines of salvation, and you're like, well, that doesn't affect me. I'm saved. Born again. Got my name written there. My name is in. So we're there, and we can shout on that. We can say amen on that. I did, and 
Ezra, jump whenever I said amen real loud back there and started crying. That's what that was all about. It was my big mouth. Sorry about that. But we can say amen to this song, but what does it do for us? Does it cause us to stir up our pure minds? Does it cause us to live holy? Because knowing that our name's written down, we can shout on that, but we are going to stand before judgment in Christ. So, don't worry, preacher. You can preach all day long on salvation, and I'm good. But what about our holy living? Amen. Well, that's another story. That's another story. And we're going to get there. But starting off this, this third chapter, look, there's some scoffers. They don't believe. You, can, you identify their walk. It's after their own lust. Identify their words. Where is the promise that they question? They question. Question the principles of God. Question Scripture. And they're willingly ignorant of the Word of God. Willingly ignorant. I don't believe it. You can lay it all out. Jesus Christ died. You could go through that book. I like how that book that we use on Wednesday night, we dealt with it. Look, you can believe the Bible because of the, I mean, it's got archaeological proofs. It's got geographical proofs. It's got genealogical proofs. Historical proofs. There's proofs that this is God's word. I don't believe it. And then you, okay, no. Or if they say, okay, that's God's word, then what? Okay. Here it is in the Old Testament. Your origin of sin in Genesis. This is where sinners come from. This is what happens when, and then God, God destroyed the earth by water one time. Oh, I don't believe that. There ain't no way that that could happen. Okay. Over here in Babylon, God confounded their languages, and that's where we got all of our language. I don't believe it. I mean, you could just go through on and on, and just, they're just, they're just, they're just going to be that way. Stubborn, foolish. They're here. They walk amongst us. Uh, as it puts here, there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust. There's going to become false teachers and there's going to become falsers, uh, scoffers. And we're there. All, that's another sign. Even so, Lord, or how did it put it? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's where we're at. But are we living the life? Are we ready to stand before God in judgment? Whew, that's something to think about. Something to examine our minds and our hearts and our lives and our walk. Because look around. We're living in the last days.